0: My doctor said, when I told him how you know sick I was, he said, we need to get you back on your feet. Because he knew living life was the best thing for a very sick cancer patient. And uh, yeah, if I hadn't have gone and done those things, if I hadn't showed up for my kids, all I would have been was sick. And fitness, fitness would have died. It would have, my brand, my business, those, those jobs would have disappeared. They would have given them to somebody else, probably never invited me back. And uh, instead... During 16 months of miserable, horrible chemo treatments, I tripled my business. So all's well that ends well.
1: Welcome to Think Business with Tyler, sharing our methods and strategies for success. Join in on our conversations with business owners as we highlight their triumphs and detail how they overcame the challenges they faced while continuing to grow and scale their business. It's time to think life, think success, and think business with your host, Tyler Martin. Welcome, welcome.
2: We have another great guest for you. Today's guest is Fitz Kohler. Fitz is an entrepreneur, an author, and a cancer survivor. Her story is powerful and inspiring. In this show, we discuss her thoughts about being honest and authentic, why you should put yourself before your business, and how to improve the quality of your life. After listening to Fitz, you are sure to be fired up. Let's chat with her now. Hey, Fitz, thanks for being on the Think Business with Tyler podcast show. How are you doing today?
0: I am spectacular, Tyler. Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah, thanks for being on the show. Can we start with maybe just share a little bit about you, what you do for a living, and maybe just a little bit about yourself?
0: Yeah, I'm noisy. I'm bossy. I help people live better and longer by making fitness understandable, attainable, and fun. I do that almost strictly through work on a microphone or written media. It's mass media is my jam because although working with one or 20 people is absolutely lovely. I crave hundreds, thousands, and millions out of pops. So I, I work on TV, radio, books, magazines, blogs, uh, you name it, corporate speaking. I'm also a professional race announcer, which is, I mean, it's, its it fills up my days. I'm very busy announcing races, but that's just a joy because I get to make happy noise for people who have already decided that exercise was a great idea. And so some of my marquee events include Los Angeles Marathon, Buffalo Marathon, Big Sur, Detroit Free Press, Gasparilla, the Donna. So dozens every year. Man, do I love what I do? Love it.
2: So fitness is your jam. Is that safe to say?
0: Yeah. Yeah. That it's,
2: is so awesome.
0: It drives me because I not only do I love fitness, but I truly believe in it. And I believe in you. You know, I believe in everybody else. I love people. And it's just a great opportunity for me to do work that matters. Yeah, that's awesome.
2: Hey, so I want to, you know, you were dealt with some adversity. And so I kind of want to go through that story. And where I'll start with is you got a clean mammogram, probably walked away thinking, okay, I got that checked off the list. I'll go do it another year or two or whatever the time frame is. And then seven weeks later, basically you had, a, I'm assuming you had a lump. I don't really know the whole full story. So if you don't mind sharing it, could you take us through that as a starting point to our conversation?
0: Absolutely, Tyler. And the reason this is relevant to anybody is because or everybody is because we never know when illness or injury would strike. Right. Nobody thinks ah, next month I'm going to get some cancer. Or I'm going to get hit by a bus or lightning, you know. So this is relevant to everybody. So, yeah, it was about seven weeks later. I got out of a hotel bathroom or out of the shower hotel shower at a race weekend. And I did one of these. I rubbed my under boob and I felt it. And it was it was something that did not belong there. It was a, a lump. And uh, what it really was was a cancerous tumor within 30 seconds of finding it, I picked up the phone and called the doctor. That's another important lesson is people should not sit on things. Do not be an ostrich about your body, about your health. If something is weird. If something looks weird, feels weird. <laughs> reach out to your doctor. You would do it. If your check engine light came on, we go, Oh, we got to get to the mechanic, my car. But, uh, but yeah, so I treated my body with respect, went to the doctor and within about a week, I had already had the scans and the biopsies that said, you have um, cancer and it's not only in your breasts, it's on the move. It's in your lymphatic system. And uh, we got to get going with your treatment soon.
2: So did that get missed in the no. seven weeks prior or that just literally in seven weeks that all transpired?
0: Yeah. You know, it's wow. so great. And and I, I put the scan images in my book, uh, the memoir, but I've had not only did my radiologist go back and say, fits. she showed me, she said, it just, there's nothing there. Look right here. Nothing there. My town is, my friendship is filled with doctors and I had so many other radiologists look look at it and go fits. She didn't miss anything. It wasn't there. And so I asked one of my radiology friends, how does that happen? And she said, there's, there is no rule that says you get a scan. And then when you walk out into the parking lot, one cell goes rogue and you've got cancer. So mine was just a quick mover out to get me. And uh, we got serious about treatment.
2: Wow. So You then went through, I think it was a 16 month battle with this cancer uh, radiation treatment, I believe chemotherapy. Tell us a little bit about that because I think you still stayed pretty active through all of this.
0: Yeah. So uh, what I ended up having was almost 16 months of chemotherapy, which is a very long time to have chemo. Wow. And uh, it took its toll every time. I had 33 rounds of radiation, several surgeries, but this is, this is where the business and the illness and injury thing collide is, you know, number one, do you love what you do enough to do it with a potentially terminal illness? You know, is are you still motivated to keep going? Me, I was, I had two, two very powerful factors in my life and I, I wasn't giving them up. I didn't even know what, what chemo was going to do to me. And it ravaged me. I was so sick, but I decided from the start that uh, I was not giving up special time with my kids. If they had a, a sport, a ceremony, a show. I was going to be there come hell or high water. And when I say I'm going to do something, I do it every time. So that was a great commitment. And then the other thing is, you know, I had several dozen race announcing jobs spread around the country almost every weekend of my chemo. And I wasn't giving them up. I earned my rightful spot on those coveted stages with those incredible people and those extraordinary events. I just wasn't going to let cancer do that to me. And it sounds obnoxious, but I wasn't giving it up. So I was going to figure out a way to do it. And I did. It was, it was adventures and misadventures of the collision of cancer and travel and race announcing and so many fun, fabulous, miraculous things happened along the way.
2: So, I mean, obviously your energy had to be a lot less than your normal drive and you're getting these treatments and you were actually doing races during this. Is that correct? Running races.
0: You know, I think I during chemo, I think I did one 5K in Los Angeles.
2: Wow, that's still incredible. I wasn't okay. racing. I,
0: I raced immediately after I finished chemo, and that's another story. Okay. But, but what I can tell you is that yeah, I was uh I mean, I was constantly dehydrated. And so, you know, imagine if you had a violent stomach bug every day for six months. That was my first six months chemo. But I my doctor started giving me IV fluids every single day. I would get on these planes, my husband would say. He, he would walk me up to TSA and he would say, how are you going to do this? And he was looking at his wife who was bald and gray and glossy eyed. And, you know, I was <laughs> this thing, I'd say, how are you going to do it? And I would say, I just am. And I would get on those fricking planes and I would figure it out. Now it was hard. It was hard. I felt bad. I felt so sick. And, um, but I was motivated. Right. And so I'd get to point B and my race directors, many of them had arranged for me to get IV fluids in California and New York and all over these places. But, this is the magic of choosing a career and the people that you love. I would often sleep on the hotel bathroom floor. So, You know when you're that sick and you're like I'm just going to stay. Wow. 4:30 a.m. my alarm would go off and drag myself up and I would get myself ready and I would I would do whatever it took to get to the start line and the second I stepped onto those stages surrounded by thousands of incredible people everything everything that was wrong with me disappeared. I mean, of course you could see my bald head, but I all the pain, all the suffering, all the fatigue just vanished. And I got to be full force Fitz Kohler again, as long as I was on those stages doing what I do for the people that I care about. And so that's the magic of filling your life with those passions. And that from maybe it's you and animals and maybe it's baseball, whatever it is, that was my greatest blessing is, is, you know, did I make life more difficult for me in the other days when I wasn't surrounded by people (laughs) like runners, uh, yeah. Tuesday felt real bad, but Saturday and Sunday for those chunks of time, I got to live fully. And I, you know, I'm so grateful I did those things. So the mentality of the world right now seems to be, Oh, you're sick. Hide out, put on put on a mask and don't talk to people. <laughs> and instead in my life, you know, my doctor said, when I told him how you know sick I was, he said, we need to get you back on your feet because he knew living life was the best thing for a a very sick cancer patient. And uh, yeah, if I hadn't have gone and done those things, if I hadn't showed up for my kids, all I would have been was sick. And fitness, fitness would have died. It would have, my brand, my business, those those jobs would have disappeared. They would have given them to somebody else, probably never invited me back. And uh, instead, during 16 months of miserable, horrible chemo treatments, I tripled my business. So all's well that ends well.
2: Wow, that that's like almost a tagline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> serious illness to tripling your business. I feel like that's like uh I don't recommend it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's not the diagnosis for sure.
0: Well, what is that
2: passion though? Like what drives you? Is it I mean, so we were before we started recording, we were talking about David Goggins a little bit. And I said, you kind of remind me of him. And you said, well, I might be cut from the same mold. And David Goggins is, he has a couple books. And the thing, my takeaway from him is his desire and his drive, like nothing will stop him, like the health concerns. But he has some childhood stuff that I think really causes him to drive him. Is there anything that correlates back to what drives you in that way?
0: Well, you know, there's a couple of things. And if if we go back to, I mean, the worst thing, when I was a kid uh, was probably rejections, right? I wasn't sick and my parents are, or at least my mom was pretty decent. My dad had his struggles, but I remember getting cut. I got cut from soccer. I got cut from baseball, softball and cheer and this and that. I made some teams, but I just wanted to be a part of stuff and I kept getting cut. And so my mom would say, when I come home crying after being cut from XYZ team, she would say, it's building character. And I would say, I have enough character. Like, I just want to play, just want to wear a uniform. And um, what I found moving on, and I, I did actually compete as a full contact kickboxer. And not only was this a super fun sport and I enjoyed kicking people in the head, but I love <laughs> that I was the only one on my team, right? Like I had a trainer and I was never going to ride the bench in a in a fight. It was me versus the other person. And, and then I always got to play. And so controlling my own destiny, controlling my business has been a high priority. And so that's that if I, if I had any motivation that was from a, a childhood thing, perhaps there you go. But uh, I started teaching fitness when I was 15 and I loved it. It was, it was, I wasn't getting cut. I actually was really good at this job of getting people to exercise and have fun and push themselves. And so I found a skill, something that I had a talent for. And then uh, when I started dabbling in mass media, I hosted a, a fitness TV show and like my sophomore year of college and I started writing articles in grad school and the things that really resonated with me is after the TV show started airing, strangers would come up and say, oh my God, are you Fitz? Yeah. I love your show. I do it every day and I've lost 17 pounds. And I was, I mean, those, those moments are are seared into my head. And I I would think, whoa, I get to help somebody i never even met. That's incredible. When I wrote my first article, which was how to kick people in the head, (laughs) a man in Kentucky, several weeks after this magazine got published, he wrote me a handwritten letter and he said, "Fitz, I've been doing combat sports and martial arts for years. And I finally, thanks to your article, kick someone in the head. And I thought, I have someone else kick someone in the head. And so, you know, I, I just, I love people. I truly believe. And I I have a course it's called fixing your life with fitness, but I know what fitness can do. It's not only about your body and your mind, but it's about your personal and professional success. You know, if you take care of you golly, you're going to be a nicer spouse, a better parent, a better buddy, a better child. You're going to certainly excel at work had you not. So I just believe, I believe, I believe in it. I believe in my ability to deliver that message and that package to people and have them excel. So yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm so gift. I'm so blessed. It's what are the odds that a little Irish girl named Fitz would grow up to be a fitness expert?
2: I love it. I love it. Hey, I want to switch gears. So it's funny. I get a lot of requests for uh, from guests, potential guests, and a lot of times they're branding people. And I always, you know, the first thing I do is go check out what's their branding like. Like, is there something unique about what they're doing? And you know, truthfully, oftentimes there isn't. It's like, okay, I don't really understand this whole branding thing. But when I went to your page and, and your social media and even your domain name, it's like your branding just screams out like. I won't forget you, or I, you know, I want to learn more about you, or it's really clear your messaging. So I feel like we can learn from you in terms of just personal branding, as well as business branding. Do you have anything that you could share with us? Like, what should we be doing in terms of branding as business owners and entrepreneurs?
0: So I think you should be telling the truth, you know, and, and it's interesting that even though my business is fitness, it's not about me. It's never about me. So everything I put forward is how do I affect these other people? Now, what you you mentioned before we shot is all the joy, right? The joy is real. That's intrinsic. That's who I am. And I I couldn't I couldn't fake it, right? You couldn't I couldn't fake the mass amount of joy. But what I can tell you is that when I was sick, I made some decisions. So ideally I would not have told everybody that I had cancer. I would have just figured it out, gone about my business. But I went from waist length hair and I was gonna go bald and people were gonna ask questions. So I had to figure out how do I manage this illness and my career? And uh, so the thing I did, I didn't want was pity. You know, I definitely didn't want pity. That's not who I am. That's not my brand. And so I made a video and I said, Hey guys, this is what's going on. And I'm going to be fine. I'm going to show up to those events I committed to. And, uh, you know, I appreciate your cheering for me. You cannot show pity. I don't want any of that, but you can root for me. I'll accept that. And so that was, I laid the platform I also didn't veer from that. I'm a beacon of health and happiness. I know that's my role in people's life. I'm, Fitz Kohler doesn't show up to drag you down and be a Debbie Downer. And so what I chose to do is not talk about the hardships during my treatment. Nobody other than my very inner circle knew that I was suffering so badly or sick people, people just thought I was doing great. They had no idea there was this other thing. And so you know, your business is your business. Your personal life is your personal life. And if your personal life is not going to enhance your business, don't share it. It's, this is not the age of dirty laundry. I don't think it's beneficial. Also, I'm wildly passionate about my country. I, my undergrad degree is political science. I know better than to, uh, piss off 50% of my fan base, you know, f- fitness in general is not political. I want, everybody to exercise and eat wisely and sleep. So I, I would be happy to serve and encourage the most radical liberals and the most radical conservatives and all the, all the weirdos in between, right? It's so, so keep your shoe business and your, your real estate business out of politics. Keep that off of your public persona. I mean, it's okay to be patriotic. It's a different between getting in the weeds. So, so yeah, I continue through cancer. Like we're having happy days. This is the happy news, you know? And then, you know, on the flip side, I, I, you know, when I, my books, for example, so this is about cancer. <laughs> I don't look like I have cancer.
2: I'm going to read that title. My Noisy Cancer Comeback uh, is one of your books. You actually have three total, right? And you have one coming soon. Two more coming soon. Two more coming soon. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, that's the book you were holding up. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take away your train of thought.
0: But no, that's okay. But, but I do, I think about it like, I don't want any macabre book cover. Someone, like, the first graphic designer sent me a beige book with a ribbon and some bald person. I was like, <laughs> are you kidding? You know, my brand is happy and vibrant. It's honest, it's scientific, it's ethical, it's pointed people. You know, I am probably the hardest on some of these people. I will tell you the brutal, honest truth, but I get away with it because it's wrapped in love, right? So these next books, I told the designer, I said, make them happy. Make them vibrant. I don't want anyone to look at these books and think, oh, pity party cancer. I want them to look and think, wow, I'm back from cancer. So yeah, just know who you are. I think if you know who you are, you know what your products represent. Stick with that no matter what.
1: We hope you're finding today's discussion to be beneficial to sculpting your own business success. Head over to 17minutemeeting.com for a complimentary 17-minute strategy session to help you identify and achieve your goals. That's available exclusively on 17minutemeeting.com.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. Stick with that, no matter
2: what. Got it. Got it. So it sounds like two things you really resonated with me is like really that messaging should be who you know. You said happy, vibrant. That's what you wanted to convey for me. The messaging should really match. Yeah, for you should match your personality. And then two that I found kind of interesting, and I totally agree with you is if you're going to commingle your life and your business, it's got to be kind of in line with what your business values are. Like you don't want to go in a different direction. I'm always a little fascinated too. Now I might. From an age standpoint, I where I politics just weren't part of discussing in your business life. And I know th- kind of things have changed a little bit where people are a lot more vocal about it, but I still am very neutral when it comes to talking with clients. I don't really want to get in those discussions. And I just feel like there's just no good that can come out of it. So I agree with you. Like kind of st- really think about where your life fits in, in terms of your business and what you want to share.
0: And there's definitely room for those civil debates where you you get in, the, in a room with someone you vehemently disagree with and you discuss and you learn and share. But but don't don't make it part of your business. You'll lose. I mean, people are pretty hot headed lately. So I think, you know, you stay on, stay on course, you stay on topic, and and you go hard on whatever that is.
2: Yeah. So this is a perfect segue. Work life balance. Yeah. One of the things I know I've read a little bit about you is just finding that where work just doesn't consume you and life fits in. Can you give us some tips around that or your thoughts around having healthy work life balance?
0: Yeah. Well, for starters, you never heard of a real sickly person with a booming business, right? So <laughs> if you don't take care of you, your business is going to fail. I, I truly believe that. And if you're an entrepreneur like I am, you know that your business is 24 hours a day and it requires your attention, but it doesn't require all of your attention. And if you stop giving your yourself attention, your business will certainly fail. So build in that time. It's an appointment where business people, we're good at, we're really good at appointments, right? So you build in exercise, you just make it happen. And I'm a no excuses type of person. If you're like, it's easy for you, I have the same damn 24 hours in a day. You know, some people are like, oh, I'm too old to exercise. No, you're too old to know better. You're old enough to know better, right? So you have to build it in. It should come 30 to 60 minutes every single day of your life. If you're going to brush your teeth, you got to take care of your heart and lungs and the other stuff. Uh, work on your posture, work on your strength. Strength is the fountain of youth. But think about it. Who do you want to work with? You know, the person who comes in kind of slovenly hunched, terrible posture. Hi, nice to meet you. Or do you want someone who comes in? They're a go-getter. They've got energy. They've got they exude power and strength and profit, right? Do you exude profit? If not. Get on it, you know, if we're talking strictly business here, you managing your health uh, will go a long way for your business, as I mentioned early, also, earlier, also early also go a long way for your personal life. But I start every day with my dogs. We get out where I, I like I love animals, I love being outside. so we go to the dang dog park, we walk around other parks, but it's it's relieving, you know it's just it's important to do whoever you are, wherever you are if you if you're going to tell me I can't, I'm a mom well. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard because your kids are going to need you for a lot of, hopefully a lot of years, right? So take care of yourself, focus on your mental health too. And, and sometimes that comes to saying no, getting quality sleep, having private time, it matters.
2: Do you have any thoughts around, I think you said 30 minutes exercise. Is there any particular type of exercise that people should. Yeah. Strength you mentioned is one big part. And then the other thing I want to talk about is diet too. Okay. So both those, I just love just your top level thoughts on those.
0: Absolutely. So top level, I promote the four pillars of fitness. Probably haven't heard of them before, but they're they're mine and everything's at fitness.com. But the four pillars of fitness, you must be proficient in these four pillars to, to qualify as fit. So I have marathon runners who don't qualify as fit. And I'll tell you why. You must be proficient in strength, Cardiovascular endurance, flexibility, and balance. All four of those things matter. If you're a marathon runner who can't do five push-ups, are you are you fit? You're a bodybuilder who can't touch his toes. Are you fit? You know. So put a little bit of effort into those. It's the exercise that makes you huff and puff. That's cardio. Strength training makes you grunt. All of your body, all of your muscles count, not just your abs and biceps. You should do something for your low back for sure, your shoulders, your Inner thighs, outer thighs, all of it matters. So, some towards cardio, huff puff. Some towards strength. That's the exercises that make you grunt. Flexibility makes you a little wince when you squint a little bit. That's that's flexibility progress. And then balance training. Tyler, do you know why we do balance training?
2: Well, I know as I age, I need it <laughs> <Just> <laughs> because falling, falling. I know falling is a big thing. We're t- I'm trying to avoid, so that's good. why it's important to me.
0: That's it. So you don't fall down. So it's huff, puff, grunt, wind, swabble. You do those four things. You're going to have a good platform for fitness, and then hopefully move into athletic adventure, which would be nice. And athletic adventure could be a, a pickleball tournament, or a ping pong tournament, or an Ironman triathlon. So you decide. But yeah, four pillars of fitness, and then I want to talk a little bit about what we put in our mouth.
2: Yeah, I'd love to.
0: Okay, so I'm going to target first exact formula for weight loss because I would say most people, most grown ups, want to lose between one and one thousand pounds. Before we get there, I want to say that the things you should never, ever, ever do diets, pills, powders, supplements, snake oil, a snake oil does qualify as this, uh, supplements and so forth. There is no weight loss shake. There is no weight loss pill. There is no weight loss food. So don't buy anything. If I, you know, if I said, this is my cup of weight loss tea, would you believe me? Or would you think I was a quack? (laughs) right.
1: There's no such thing
0: as a weight loss apple. So shun all the fad stuffs, People, if you do it, you're just going to throw money at, money, good money away. And you're going to leave yourself worse off than you were when you started even keto, which is so dumb. Anyways, what you're going to do is eat the right amount of the right food for the size you personally want to be your caloric requirements for your healthy body would be very different than mine. And so again, it's on the cover of fitness.com. but basically you're going to take your goal weight and put a zero on the end. That's your new caloric budget. So if you would like to weigh 150 pounds you put a zero on the end, your new caloric budget per day is 1500 calories. If you eat that much moving forward and maximum that much, your body will eventually shrink down to that side. There's a far more, uh, descript or detailed description in the article. Again, it's right on the cover of fitness.com. You can't miss it, but I've helped tens of thousands of probably millions of people lose weight and keep it off just based on them learning how to eat the right amount of the right food for the size they want to be Now, um, that's caloric budget. That's weight management. The other thing that really matters is you choose quality. There's food that helps, foods that hurt, and uh, we know which are the ones that help versus hurt. I don't, I don't really have to, you know, dumb down and tell you produce helps and processed meats are bad. Processed food, you know, all processed foods are less good. So, you know, lean towards food in its most natural state. You don't have to be perfect. You know, my philosophy is 80 to 90% of the foods I put in my mouth are good for me. If I have wiggle room, that 10 to 20% could be fun. Maybe you're going to have a beer. Maybe you're going to have some Cheetos or a glass of wine. That's up to you. But stick within your personal caloric budget for weight management and then fill those calories up with things that are going to fuel your body and help fight diseases like cancer.
2: So I think what I'm hearing you say is mostly like a whole food type diet to the 90% are the best that you can do.
0: Yeah. Lots of produce, lean protein sources, whole grains, lean dairy sources. Yeah. Lots of water, lots of water. And then avoiding the bad stuff, the processed foods, the saturated fats, trans fats, too much alcohol, cigarettes.
2: What about sugar? What's your thoughts around sugar?
0: So I think if you were to say no sugar ever, that would be radical and set people up for failure. I don't believe in uh, setting people up for failure, but I think the less you have, the better but know that you know strawberries come with natural sugars and that's okay that's okay and then again i have a piece of milk chocolate every single day and i don't feel even slightly bad about it
2: that's awesome i want to i got a couple more questions for you i want to go back to this topic of passion yeah and kind of finding does everybody have what you have, do you think, in terms of that passion where it just fires you up? Even when we start to talk about working out and, and diet, you just <laughs> like go to a whole nother level, which, in, in a, and I mean, in the most positive way, it's just, right. you. Just, I can tell you love what you're doing. Do all of us have that? I mean, is there, do you feel like everybody has that? We just have to find it?
0: I do. I do believe we do. And it's, I lecture, I do presentations for graduating college seniors, Every semester, University of Florida brings me in quite often. And the thing I do with these students is the same thing that was done for me back when I was in undergrad is, you know, make these top 10 lists, top 10 things of lists you love to doing just for fun, things you're passionate about, you think are enjoyable. There's your top 10. And then top 10 list of things you hate doing. Now, I was actually on track to go to law school, even though I was already teaching fitness successfully around the world. I wanted to serve my country in public office. I thought you had to be an attorney. no adult stepped in and said, Hey, Fitzcola, you can be anything and run for office. So I actually thought I was going to go to law school, but I'm in this class and I make a top 10 list. Top three things on my love list were uh, sports and fitness, music and helping people. Those are the things that I love on the top of my hate list. Number one was sitting down. Number two was reading. What do attorneys do all day? (laughs) <laughs> He's sitting you sit and read, you know, and for me, I, all of a sudden I looked at myself, I was like music, sports, fitness, helping people. I'm already doing what I love to do. And my next obstacle became, how do I turn this job into a career? How do I make a profession out of it? Which fitness is a terrible profession for most people. It's a, it's a part-time job with no benefits and whatever. I have done it in a very different way that allows me to have a paid off home and paid off vehicles and go on vacation. Right. But whoever you are, whatever your passion is, you know, go to your list. If you love cats and you love surfing, all right, you're going to be the first guy with a cat surf camp, right? Surf with your cats. You're going to probably make a fortune because nobody else is doing it. So don't be afraid to create services, to create products. That's the American way. Just figure out who you are and what what you have to offer and someone will give you money for it.
2: Love it. Love it. Hey, I've got one last question. You've already given us a lot, so I'm kind of getting a little greedy here, but do you have a business or a life tip that you can give us to wrap this up that we can apply to our lives?
0: Yeah. Right now it's going to be prepare your body to do battle today because you never know when illness or injury will strike. If you go into any sort of crisis with a healthy fit body, you will be far less likely to be de- to decline because of it and far more likely to rebound and recover quickly. So please prioritize your health now.
2: Love it. I love it. So you've got a couple, well, you've got, I think you're going to have four books total. Um, You've got My Noisy Cancer Comeback, Running at the Mouth While Running for My Life. I mean, everything you do has just, it's catchy. Uh, You're coming soon when I know at least one of them is Your Healthy Cancer uh, Comeback, Your Healthy Cancer Comeback, Sick to Strong. Then what are your other two books?
0: Uh, so the other one that's being released in January 23 is Healthy Cancer Comeback Journal.
2: Okay, journal. Okay, got it. And
0: then the other one I wrote 10 years ago is the Everything Flat Belly Cookbook. So that,
2: that one. I find it amusing that you're like a book machine, yet you say you don't necessarily like to read, but I noticed you have audio books. So that's, I, I think do. you make up for it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so So I've learned sitting is a part of life. I've come to grips with it. I just only do it when I'm being highly productive.
2: I love it. Okay, so hey, your website, and I'll probably mess up the enunciation here. Your website is fitzness.com. So guys, that's a Z instead of an S, fitzness.com. I'll put this in the show notes at thinktyler.com. If folks wanted to reach out to you other than your website, is there anywhere else you'd like them to go?
0: Well, fitsness.com is the headquarters. Everything, there's tons of free resources. You can get my books there. They're all signed copies of the books and the course and so forth. Um, so fitness is the headquarters however I am at fitness on Instagram YouTube Facebook LinkedIn and you know I appreciate if you follow me I promise to provide some content that will help you do better and be better and hopefully make you smile on the regular but really what I'd prefer is for you to follow and then comment and say hi I heard you on Tyler's podcast and I wanted to connect because I would I would much rather have friends than followers and I mean that
2: that's awesome. Yeah, your Instagram. You're, I didn't look at all your social media, but I definitely paid attention to Instagram. You have a lot. Of, you have a lot of activity. A lot of good stuff. I love your reels. You got a lot of cute reels. Okay, great, Fitz. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on here today and sharing your wisdom. And uh, hope hopefully maybe in the future when you're releasing your books, you could come back on. We could talk about those books.
0: I'd love that. Thanks, Tyler, and for everybody else, get to work.
2: <laughs> love it. Take care.